You're listening to 100 Words or Less with Ray Harkins. Happy New Year, team. Hopefully, this 2021 feels a little bit different than 2020, although, let's be honest, it kind of doesn't, but (laughs) welcome. I hope you, uh, you know, I had a great holiday, New Year's, Christmas, all that stuff. Uh, I kept, you know, putting out episodes, so if you, for whatever reason, slept on the uh, past couple, Go ahead, dive back in and listen because those are uh, those are great chats that I had with uh, Tim Riley from Souvenirs and then uh, Serena Cherry from Svalbard. Just good stuff, good stuff all around. I'm doing something different this week because you know I didn't take a break and I am not taking a break. I wanted to continue to give you lists because let's be honest, lists are are, are great. I love looking at them. I love hearing other people's opinions. And, uh, you know, music is not the only thing that I enjoy. Clearly, podcasting is something I enjoy. And I get a lot of questions from people being like, what show should I listen to next? And, you know, podcasts are really tough to kind of figure out in regards to recommendations. And like, should I ask my friend? Should I like look at the Apple podcast charts? Like, what the heck do I do? So I decided to have one of my good friends. Her name is Deanna Chapman. She works on a lot of different podcasts, but most notably the Punk Rock NBA podcast with a good friend of mine, Finn McKenty. She is the uh, editor and producer and you know all around human being that uh, helps Finn make that thing run. And she is a tried and true podcast nerd. Like I, when I was thinking of a person to do this list with, uh, you know, I was kind of running into walls because I was like, well, this friend of mine likes a certain type of podcast, but they only listen to that type of podcast, whether it's like sports or true crime or whatever. And I wanted to have uh, more of a, a renaissance person, as it were, because uh, I view myself as that, even though, you know, I definitely have my own specific interests, but uh, I try to listen to a lot of different types of content. So anyways, this is the best of 2020 podcast podcast. It's a little, I don't know, meta or I was about to say self-indulgent, but it, self-indulgent would be me recommending this podcast like five times, you know, <laughs> which you don't need to do that. But uh, me and Deanna break down our favorite shows of this past year, 2020, um, because there's there's a ton of great stuff. Not only was there a lot of great music, but uh, for those of you that are seeking the next listen, I highly encourage you to listen to this episode because you'll probably find some pretty compelling content, stuff that is music related, stuff that is just, you know, uh, torn from the headlines. Like there's just a lot of great stuff in here. And, and I, I am so excited about podcasts because they're just pushing the envelope and pushing the medium in so many different ways. And honestly, it really reminds me of the music scene. And how so many people dive into this, don't ask permission, just do it, create a show out of whole cloth, and uh, you know, and then people listen to it, and it's really, really cool. So anyways, this is my best of 2020 podcast list with Deanna Chapman. You can always email the show, 100wordspodcast at gmail.com, and if you uh, you know, want to toss a review on whatever platform you're listening to, I would really appreciate that. Uh, I, I genuinely read all of them. <laughs> so please go ahead and do that. Uh, that'll take you less than 30 seconds. Or how about maybe 15 seconds, I think. So here is the chat with Deanna about podcasts and podcasts you need to listen to. It was funny because I was, I've been thinking about doing this kind of like year in podcast list for a while, but uh, there, it's like, 
all of the people who I know are like super devoted to a couple podcasts. Like you know? five. I'm sure, <laughs> right. And I'm sure that most of your friends and peer group is kind yep. of in the same boat. Mm-hmm. And so like, as I started to kick it around, I'm like, I, I just feel stupid doing it on my own. Just being like, Hey, here's some podcasts I like. Like, yeah. <laughs> We got plenty of those out there, but I, then I, 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 my mind kept thinking of you where I'm like, yeah, not only do you have a, you know, diverse, uh, I, I guess, uh, area of interest, but then you also just pay attention to podcasts, you know, as closely as I do. So I was yeah. like, how about Deanna, you're, you're perfect for this. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad you thought of me because I love talking about podcasts, but I feel like not everyone else loves talking about them as much as I do. <laughs> For sure, like it's it really is a um, a subset of a subset of of people to be like, hey, can you can you spend like two hours talking about you know? I mean, we could probably spend two hours talking about like one show. Yep. <laughs> Whereas most people be like, shut up! What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this <clears throat> this is perfect. I'm glad we're doing this. Um, the you know, I, I I had I created arbitrary rules uh, for us to be able to just name our favorite podcast of 2020. We could you know talk about some of these shows that are kind of like you know a regular part of our our listening diet. But um, for you in particular, how uh, you know like when do you consume podcasts? Is it one of those things that you you know you have your certain time of the day, whether it's like on a morning walk or whatever, that you're like, okay, this is where I listen to my podcast, or do you just kind of listen to them all day? I wish I could listen to them all day. I guess technically I do because I edit podcasts all day now. So in a sense, I am still listening to podcasts all day. But typically, I'll wake up earlier than I really need to, and I won't feel like getting out of bed. So I'll lay in bed listening to podcasts for like an hour, hour and a half in the mornings. And because I'm editing most of the day now with an increased workload, thankfully, this past year, which is kind of crazy when you think about everything going on, I haven't had quite as much time. Like if I were to open Overcast right now, I would have like 20 episodes that I need to listen to because it's getting a little out of hand and I'm getting, I'm having less and less time kind of to listen to them. So I try to squeeze them in, in the morning. Sometimes I'll listen if I have like admin stuff to do, if I'm doing one of the spreadsheets for one of the podcasts I work on and things like that. Or if I'm just uploading, doing show notes, I try to, you know, squeeze in as much listening as I can in between editing. And then if I have time on the weekends, I'll try to catch up and stuff. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. It, Cause it, it is hard, especially when you're talking about, you know, some people can listen to podcasts like while they're working, you know, IE doing emails or whatever, yeah. but like, yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I think, most people probably fall into our category where I'm the same as you, where I can't listen to something that I'm like horribly interested in. <laughs> like do emails. Like it just doesn't, it doesn't, it just doesn't work for me. I just can't do that. Yeah. I'm very selective about what I listen to while I'm doing something else. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I think, well, I was trying to weigh my own consumption. I mean, I know that you and I are, you know, total power podcast users, but I was like, okay, I think that, uh, you know, cause most people, I guess the metric is from a super listener. It's like, you know, about seven hours of podcast a week. And I was thinking uh, in my mind, I was like, I'm probably closer to maybe like, I don't know, eight to 10 hours, roughly speaking. Um, you know, because I, I usually listen to it on a walk I do in the mornings, like a good, you know, three, four mile walk. It, it takes me about an hour. Yeah. And so I do that in the morning. 
And then, you know, if I do have to drive places, like I'm never listening to music in the car. Very rarely. It's yeah. usually just podcasts. Same. But now that I don't really go anywhere, <laughs> I, I don't get to do that quite as often. And, you know, living in Colorado now, walking outside in the morning is not something that is all that appealing. So, you know, I'm staying with my parents right now. and We have like a treadmill and an elliptical in the basement. So if I go use those, I will typically be listening to a podcast as well. But we don't need to talk about how little I use those things. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. That's funny. But uh, yeah, I I, and and I think I mean, why I, I know that you're passionate about the medium and I'm passionate about the medium that is so um the discovery problem, you know, because mm-hmm. most people are, and I'm sure you get hit up by friends that are like, hey, what should I listen to? You know, not only in music, but, you know, in podcasts as well. And I think podcasts are even more difficult to find the stuff that you like. Yep. I would totally agree. It's like there's no real good recommendation engine for podcasts in the same way that Spotify and Apple Music will recommend things similar to what you've been listening to. And I don't know if that's just because the podcast apps don't collect the same sort of data. You would think Apple Podcasts would, given that they have Apple Music, and I know Spotify is really getting into that now too. But for the power years for the power users like us, you know, I use Overcast. So that's totally separate. It does pull from the Apple directory, but you know, it it kind of tries to add a social element to it where you can tie your Twitter to it. And then if people recommend certain podcasts, those will kind of pop up on a separate screen. That's not necessarily where you listen to your podcast. But yeah, discovery has been really tough. And I don't think anyone has quite figured it out just yet. But like I said, I think Spotify is going to get there first. Yeah. And I find it, I mean, I don't listen, like you mentioned, you use Overcast, I use Overcast as well. And like the listening to podcasts on Spotify is horrible. Like it, I can't even, I've tried it. And yeah. I, one of the podcasts I'm going to mention on my year in list is one that, you know, has a production component via Spotify mm-hmm. and they had some bonus episodes, which I begrudgingly <laughs> checked out <laughs> because I enjoyed the show so much, but I was just like, man, this is so it's just so cumbersome because, uh, you know, at the end of the day, Spotify is obviously a tech platform and like they, yeah. they don't care what you're consuming in there. They just want you to be there. And so I, I feel like they're sort of square peg round holing the podcast listening experience into their already existing music listening experience, which is not, you know, it doesn't port the same way. Yeah, I cannot imagine having music and podcasts in the same app because my brain is just like freaking out just thinking about that. I'm like, nope, because I organize my podcasts a very certain way. And then music is a whole other thing that I have not had nearly as much time as I would like to listen to in general. It's just like, what is music? I remember that once upon a time. Yeah, <laughs> no, for sure. For sure. I, I'm the same way where it's like I there are, I feel like it's, and especially too with the, the the whole recommendation engines that are spitting out music, I, I really don't care how dialed in the uh, you know mechanisms are to deliver music. You know, like a good eighty five percent of the time, I'm just like either you're recommending artists I'm already aware of, or it's things that I just don't care about. Where it's like I don't care about a remix single. Yeah, <laughs> stop. And like, I think for podcasting, it's totally going to be that same idea like i've even i've seen spotify do it where 
you listen to a podcast from a particular, you know, artist, and then they're like, oh, here's some other, you know, um, inform, you know, other podcasts that feature this artist, which is cool to a certain extent. But then it's like, do I really want to listen to like seven interviews with the same person? Mm-hmm. Like, so it's just, I don't know. It's going to be, I think there's always going to be that sort of discovery problem for a very long time. Yeah. And it's funny because obviously coming from the music scene, you know, I majored in music industry and you've obviously been involved in music for a very long time as well. I noticed that there are certain artists who will go on like all of the music podcasts. So then it's like everyone's kind of putting out the same sort of content at the same time too. So, you know, if someone subscribes to your podcast and maybe Finn's podcast, the punk rock MBA, and then, you know, Shane Told's lead singer syndrome within a month period, the same person could end up on all three of your podcasts too. And there's like no real good way to sort of parse that out and be like, okay, how are these episodes going to be different from each other unless the show notes specify exactly what is talked about in each one. So discovery is just a very strange thing for podcasts, I think. It's a really good point. And yeah, when you're hitting people on a a press tour, it's like, you really do have to, I mean, there's been times where like, you know, Shane has emailed me to be like, Hey, like, are you having this person on? Cause there's been times where we've released episodes the same week, (laughs) but the same person It's like, God, like that just, I mean, it's fine, but it's just like, well, you know, you don't, like you said, you don't need to flood the market with this particular person where it's like, Oh, cool. Like they're, they're saying the same thing on all of these shows or whatever, which, you know, I mean, each one of us tries to bring a different angle to it, but sometimes, even if we lead a person down a certain road, they may just obviously end up telling the same story three times in a row. Especially if they're on a press tour, because typically they're going to want to talk about the same album or EP, and they sort of have their points that they need to talk about for this specific press tour. And, you know, it it happens. And I think it's great that, you know, you and Shane will email each other and just, you know, kind of be like, hey, heads up, you know, this is coming. And, you know, when I was working at Jabberjaw and you and Shane and a bunch of other music podcasts were on the network, I would notice that. And I was like, this isn't, you know, the most efficient thing ever because obviously there is going to be some audience overlap between, you know, you, Shane, Dewey with peer pleasure. There's definitely a similar audience base, even though the podcasts are definitely different. Yep. For sure. Yeah, yeah. And you do right. And you don't want to be, you know, serving this thing up, you know, multiple times in a row. So yeah. Yeah. But um, well, I, I will throw it to you. How about, you know, maybe you can kind of walk through some of your regular uh, you know, <laughs> your Mount Rushmore of podcasts that you, you know, you're consuming on a on a daily, weekly basis, and then uh, we can kind of go from there. Yeah. I have a bunch that kind of rotate based on what the topic's on, who's on the podcast sort of thing. Because I listen to a lot of pop culture podcasts now because I host two pop culture podcasts. So that's kind of where my brain is at most days. But it's funny. I used to listen to like a ton of tech podcasts and it's like those all have fallen off my subscriptions basically which podcasts I subscribe to and now it's kind of been replaced with a bunch of pop culture stuff and I listened to a ton of sports ones at one point and that's been whittled down but as far as sports go because that'll be the shorter list 
I love listening to The Low Post. It's by far my favorite basketball podcast. And Zach Lowe has been doing it for so long. I don't even know how many episodes there have been, but every time I see one, I'm like, oh, cool. Basketball talk. Here we go. Yep. Yep. Yeah. He's, yeah, he's very good at it. And I mean, especially too, because like he, in my opinion, he hasn't necessarily gotten any better at quote unquote podcasting. Mm -hmm. He's just been the same level of quality and like just that, you know, self-deprecating humor, just like (laughs) "Eh, whatever. Like, and I think that, you know, that's endearing, especially when you listen to an episode from two years ago, not like anybody would actually do that, but like you hear like, oh yeah, maybe it's gotten a little more polished, but it really hasn't changed that much. And I think a lot of that has to do with ESPN doing podcasts so early in the game in comparison to a lot of other big media companies. Yeah. Oh, no, no, I I would agree. But yeah, yeah. Zach, definitely. I I don't listen to that one on the regular. I mean, it pops, I subscribe to it, but I I typically only listen to it really when it's kind of in season uh, or when basketball is actually in season. Um, But yeah, great show. Which basketball is somehow already back. It's wild. (laughs) Yes, it feels yeah, it feels weird to be existing and watching basketball again where it's like, oh yeah, I feel like I should just be, you know, getting my basketball fix via, you know, my NBA 2K games or whatever. But yeah, that's a good show. Do you uh what what else do you have in your uh, your roster? Yeah, so I know we're going to talk about a couple of the other basketball podcasts that I listen to, so I will hold off on mentioning those, but Recode Media, that's sort of the lone techish podcast that I listen to almost every single episode of. Every once in a while, I'll skip one if it's, you know, a little more political in its topic because I'm just like, I'm tired. I want to listen to things I'm going to enjoy, you know? So sometimes I'll skip over some of those episodes, but I listen to Woman of Marvel. It's basically Marvel's podcast that focuses on the women who write the comics, the women who act in the shows. And that one's just a really fun look at Marvel from a different perspective than you would typically get from a comic book company. That's cool. That's I wasn't even aware of that, but that's cool. Yeah. And then the big one from The Ringer is The Watch because I love Chris Ryan and Andy Greenwald. I think they have such fantastic banter for talking about TV and everything. Everything else is kind of either going to be on my new 2020 list here or it's just, you know, I listen to episodes when I have time off panel and in and out. Yeah, Off Panel is a comic book interview podcast, and Postmortem with Mick Garris is a horror podcast. Those two are ones that have been ongoing that I've really, really loved this year. I think the quality of the conversations is really good. Like Postmortem just relaunched in October, just before Halloween, with an episode with Joe Hill, who is the son of Stephen King, for anyone who isn't aware of that. And as someone who hosts a Stephen King podcast, I was very excited about that relaunch guest there. So I think it just depends on the conversations that are being had sometimes. And I'll skip things. Like I listen to Mad About Movies pretty often, which is a all movies and they do discuss some TV shows. But you know, if I haven't seen the movie, I'm not gonna spend an hour listening to an episode on a movie I haven't seen necessarily. Same with yeah. my friends, Drew and Travis, who do genre vision. I'll skip the movie part if I haven't seen the movie, and then I'll listen to like their recommendations for the week, basically. So I'm still listening to a piece of every episode, but not necessarily always the full thing. 
Sure, sure. That makes sense. Yeah. It's like you, you, you have to pick your spots from a subject matter perspective where it's like, okay, I want to listen to this, but I can't like, you know, this isn't really going to contribute anything to my knowledge level. Yeah. <laughs> I like, used to be so bad about this too. I would feel the need to listen to every single episode that auto downloaded in Overcast. And sure. as I've become busier and started working on more and more podcasts, I'm just like, you know, I love these people. I just don't have the time. And this topic doesn't really interest me like even with the watch when they were talking about game of thrones i would skip that because i don't watch the show i've never watched the show i probably won't watch the show if we're being honest it's just one of those things where i'm not interested in it and everyone else seems to be so i'm just like i don't need to sit here and listen to this it's fine they won't mind (laughs) right it's yeah it's it's not for me you know this is (laughs) and that's and that's the same thing where it's you know with with music like there are certain records that a band puts out where you listen to it you're like "Eh." That's not for me. Like, I still tried it, but, you know, that's not, I I don't need to revisit that record. It's fine. Yeah. You know, I love Green Day. Don't need to listen to Uno Dos Trey all the time. (laughs) Or or ever. (laughs) Yes. I don't think I've listened to them since they came out, to be honest. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Um, some of my regular, uh, podcasts I've been, li- that are, I definitely have these shows in which I'm like, I'm going to consume every week, like, you know, or every day for that matter. Like, yeah. you know, you get into a routine. Um, you know, I mean, one of the most popular podcasts around is the daily, the New York times is the daily. And it's, I listen to it every morning and I love right. it just because it's such a, especially because like I'm listening to it, like literally the first part of the day. And so I feel like it's a, a great, digestion of whatever it is that, you know, is happening in the world. And I just feel not only better informed, but that they do such a good job of being able to weave emotion in with, you know, actual hard news reporting. And I just, mm-hmm. you know, the, the amount of resources that get put into that show are just like staggering because I know yeah. it's been so successful for them. So yeah, love that show. Listen to it every day. As far as a, a movie podcast, uh, I listen to the Slash Film Cast, and that's probably okay. one of like the more OG podcasts that like have stuck through. Like, I mean, I've probably listened to that for, gosh, what feels like seven, eight years. Like it's been a long time. Yeah, but, don't they um, have like three hundred, five hundred episodes, something wild like that? Yeah, they do. Yeah, and I, I've been listening to it. Like they had uh, two guys, Dave Chen and Devendra Hardwar. They've been hosts for it, you know, since its inception. And they had a different co-host, but now they have Jeff Kanata, who is you know famous on the internet. Um, he's one of the co-hosts of the show. And so, like being and like he feels like the new guy, even though he's been doing it for like three years. And I'm just like, yeah. wait a minute, like, I've been listening to this show for a long time. But very much like some of the the movie podcasts you listen to, I will uh, i mean i listen to every episode and they have like a a spoilers free section Mm -hmm. review of a movie and even if i haven't watched it i'm like oh i can listen to that to inform whether or not i am actually going to um you know watch the movie at some point or whatever right and uh the bill simmons podcast has also been one um i just i skip all of his nfl stuff because i don't (laughs) football um but then yeah basketball his you know interviews his pop culture stuff like he just has a brain that i really enjoy listening to his obsessive uh, compulsions in regards to, you know, knowing information about basketball, but then also having equally as much knowledge as on Beverly Hills 90210. I'm just like, this dude is like, (laughs) he's like the epitome of an only child. Yeah. That's when I actually ended up 
giving up this year just because the episodes were getting super long and they were, you know, somewhere between three and four times a week. And it was just one I couldn't really keep up with it. And the watch is sometimes two to three times a week, but I feel like at least one of those episodes, I don't need to listen to the full thing. And I was even listening to the Gary V podcast, which was pretty much five days a week. And I just couldn't do it because he was putting out like one to two hour episodes a lot of the days. It wasn't something short like the daily. And I was just like, this is cluttering up the app. So I've tried to also get better at letting go of shows as well. You know, like I said, I listen to a ton of tech shows. At one point, I was subscribed to probably somewhere between 70 and 80 podcasts. Sure. (laughs) Yeah. You're like, I don't need to do that. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, this is too much. I know I am maniacal about podcasts, but it doesn't need to be this bad. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I totally agree. Um, And the the last one that I'll I'll mention as far as like perennial favorites is uh, Reply All. That is just such a... And they arguably put out one of the best episodes of the entire year. Like, I don't have the attention span to like list out my favorite podcast episodes because that just seems like I don't know. It's like, you know, naming your favorite singles of the year. And I'm just like, listen, I like records. I mean, I like songs, but like, I like records. Um, but they, uh, they just, I, I can't believe what they can do with the show. Like they can just paint with such a wide palette of subject matter that all ties back into how we live our lives in the internet. And I just, the way that they do things is so, um, I'm just thoroughly impressed because it always feels like them. Yet at the same time, it has a professional polish to it that's like, you know, going to sound appropriate stacked up next to, you know, NPR content or whatever. It's just, yeah, mm-hmm. I just those dudes know what they're doing. <laughs> <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. Um, so, <clears throat> Nate, walk me through, um, you know, maybe one of your picks for, uh, you know, maybe we'll ping pong back and forth between each other in regards to some of our favorite shows of this year. Yeah, so I wrote out a list of all of the new ones I listened to, and it came out to nine new shows that I've been sticking with or at least trying to check out when I have time. But for as far as the top five goes, the ones that I have consistently listened to, one of the ones I've really enjoyed is The Old Man and the Three from J.J. Reddick and Tommy Alter. Yeah, yeah, I ha- I haven't checked that out. I listened to his show when he was doing it with the Ringer and I I mean he's an intelligent dude, yeah. so I enjoyed what he did, but I haven't checked it out since he's been doing it uh with Tommy, but it's good. Yeah, because what they do is they also do a little draft. I think every episode or almost every episode and it's just this fun little thing that they do at the end. So sometimes it'll be the same person that they talk to for the episode, but sometimes it's a different person. So the one that I have sitting in my queue right now to listen to is they talk to Swin Cash and then they have Marquez Marquez Brownlee, who is MKBHD on YouTube, I believe. And they do a sort of tech draft with him. And it's really fun because they've had Sue Bird on a few times now, I think. And as a big basketball fan, I've really enjoyed watching what JJ has been doing while he's still playing basketball. So, you know, the podcast might not be as active now that the season has started. And it seems like they're going to try to do closer to a full season if they can. And, you know, I was listening to his show with the ringer too. And I think his show was actually supposed to be somewhere else even before the ringer. So it's been like a very interesting journey to see JJ going through, but I think 
the way they have this formatted and just sort of giving you that fun little draft at the end, it gives you that little something extra. That Yeah, that's cool. No, I always thought he was. And it's funny, too, because I, I, I think about the way that, you know, most of the NBA players have to view their career after they stop playing of the idea that it's like, all right, I'm either a broad, you know, a broadcaster on TNT, a sideline reporter. Um, and then now this other avenue of like, well, hey, I can get my media chops on podcasting and kind of do it from there. <laughs> yeah. And you've probably seen this just because you love basketball as well. But just because you were an NBA player does not mean you're going to be a good commentator, for instance. Nope. Yeah. Like it's, it, when yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. What was it? TNT, I think, was doing like players only nights and Oh boy, those were rough. <laughs> no, totally. And so some people where it's just like, you know, Kevin Garnett, uh, you know, he he's perfect for the medium, whether it's podcasting, which he will be doing a podcast next year. Yeah. Um, but uh just there are certain people that are kind of made for it. Shaq. And then yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, you know, Dwayne Wade, like all the people that go on to TNT, usually they've been appropriately vetted. Um, but it's interesting to see the players gravitate towards like I know CJ McCollum as a podcast and like all these yep. dudes. And some are obviously much better than others where it's just like, you can see some guys being like, oh, I'll do a podcast. And then they do like 10 episodes and they're like, nah, I don't need to do that anymore. <laughs> it's like, okay, that's fine. Moving right along. Turns out they're just like a lot of other people. So it's okay. <laughs> it's totally, totally. You, you got the pod teague as they call it. Yeah. <laughs> um, my first pick for uh, a show that I was, uh, I don't tend to gravitate towards Wondery content. Okay. Um, I usually listen to most of the shows that they put out kind of from, uh, you know, I feel in a way like they're kind of like the, the, the tabloid, at, you know, like when you're walking through the, you know, grocery aisle, I mean, not like they really have tabloids anymore. Yeah. But like I just always look at them kind of like, well, they're interesting stories and some of them are, you know, not like the, you know, vulturistic, like, Oh, let's prey on, on, you know, human tragedy stories. Uh, they're, definitely is human tragedy in almost every single one of the podcasts that they put out. But um, anyways, this, this show is called dying for sex, uh, six part miniseries. It was a, uh, a, I guess an author journalist woman um, named Nikki Boyer and her friend uh, who they only identified by her first name, Molly. Okay. Um, they may have mentioned, I don't know. I can't recall, but Anyways, she basically, uh, she was diagnosed with stage four, uh, I want to say breast cancer, uh, but stage four cancer, I do know that. I'm sorry, I'm operating off of memory from the show I listened to in like April. But she, her friend Molly, uh, then basically is like, uh, you know, was in a marriage that was not healthy or beneficial, not like abusive or anything, but just felt like she needed to get out of it. And uh, then basically she just goes on, you know, sexual escapades and just is like, you know, trying to hook up with as many dudes as possible. And it's interesting because like the first episode or two, you know, you're kind of leaning in from like a dude, this is wild. Like this woman is telling these stories that, you know, just sound like, you know, Oh, I'm having sex in a car. And then like, you know, like a cop pulls up or like all these kind of like, wow, this is, you know, titillating. Right. But then the, the podcast takes a turn where it just really, uh, leans into the humanity side of a person going through the fact that they are going to die and like what they're going to leave behind and legacy. And it starts to tackle all of these really, really, you know, important topics that obviously everybody goes through. And uh, it's all told from, uh, you know, her friend, Nikki, she's the main narrator, but their Molly is, you know, interviewed throughout um, this podcast as well. But it's just a, 
a really, really good show that like on the surface, again, seems like a, you know, a, a cheesy tabloid. But then once you, you know, listen to it, it's like, oh, there's more behind this. So I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, I have listened to to the Wondery shows at all. I don't know if I've really dived into a ton of the Wondery stuff. At one point, I was listening to Business Wars. Oh, yeah, sure. Which is very different from a lot of the stuff they do now. I was actually just glancing at their website and they have like a catfish podcast and it's it's getting kind of crazy. But I do enjoy true crime I just don't listen to a ton of it. Criminal is definitely the one I listen to the most because I think that podcast is very well done, very well produced. And I think they release episodes every other week. So it's not a weekly thing. Mm-hmm. But Wondery has been on my radar simply because I read all of the podcast newsletters that I have time to. And, you know, Dr. Death was a big thing. I think, yep. did they also do Dirty John? Dirty John, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so they definitely cover these like major true crime stories, and then they kind of have the more tabloidy stuff, like you said. There's a Joe Exotic podcast, but yeah, I haven't had the time to dive into as many of these as I would like because I know they've teamed up with like the athletic and stuff too, which is probably stuff I would enjoy. It's just you know, like I said, with the increase in podcast work, sometimes I get done editing for the day and I'm just like, I do not want to listen to another podcast today. Yeah, I need silence. Yeah. <laughs> what's uh, what's next on your list? I have one that is also part of sort of the slash film family. It is 21st Century Spielberg, which was hosted by Chris Evangelista. I don't know if I'm pronouncing his last name right, so I apologize if I got that wrong. But he's one of the writers for Slash Film, and he's basically going through all of Spielberg's 21st Century movies. And I haven't watched every single Spielberg movie, but when people decide to pick a director and kind of dive into either their work as a whole or in this instance, a very specific era of their work, I find those things really interesting. And a lot of the episodes are just him talking. It's kind of scripted, obviously, because he has specific movies that he's talking about each episode, but he would have guests on every once in a while too. And just the things that I didn't know about some of these movies was amazing. And it makes me want to go watch all of them when I have time to at some point. <laughs> sure. Yeah. No, it it is cool. Like you just love to hear the premise of certain shows and like, you know, clearly that's like the hook for a lot of these things. Okay. You know, it's like, Oh, we're going to, you know, I mean, even like more sort of like gonzo journalism podcasts where it's like, Oh, we're going to watch, um, you know, Grown Ups 2 for a year and see, how, like, because, you know, there have been those, like, stunt podcasts, but then yeah. you start to listen to it and explore it, and then you'll understand that even though whatever the subject matter is, you'll pro- it, it will clearly go a different direction. So, you know, I, I like those, like, how they kind of get you to listen, and then you're like, oh, actually, this is more than just what is kind of the logline or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and as someone who decided to do a Stephen King podcast where I dive into the books, the movies, the TV shows, and I'm doing the comics as bonus episodes, I really appreciate when other people do these things too. Totally, yeah. You're like, I'm not alone in this. Yeah. <laughs> Happy New Year, and there is no better time like the present to stock your closet with band merch from rockabilia.com. 
first and foremost, this code PC100Words will give you 15% off your order. That's like free shipping and then some. So dive into their massive catalog of so many pieces of band merch that are all officially licensed, high quality, none of this horrific bootleg stuff. They're all getting these bands paid. And that's really, really important these days because bands can't rely off being on the road. So they need to make money in different ways. And the merch store is basically the the primary vehicle for them to do so. And Rockabilia is an independently run business from the Midwest. I can't endorse these guys enough. And frankly, I do every week. And I am so happy that they continue to support the show because uh, they're an incredibly important piece to this whole independent music scene. So PC 100 words, 15% off. Dive to rockabilly.com right now and have fun. The uh, next uh, podcast I want to mention, and uh, full disclosure, I work for iHeartMedia and you know work in the podcast side of things. So, And this is an iHeart podcast. I have no affiliation with it whatsoever in regards to producing it, but um, I just was blown away by this show. Uh, this it, it, this is a mini series that sits in a podcast called Behind the Bastards. Okay, um, they did this series called Behind the Police, and so uh, it's done by a journalist named Robert Evans. This dude, um, he did like to say he's well researched is an understatement. He like it, it, it's not too dissimilar to like what Dan Carlin is for Hardcore History, where it's like these you know really really long and sprawling stories that you know tackle. The Behind the Bastard show basically hits on, you know, despicable humans across the history of, you know, our entire world, right. whether it's like Adolf Hitler or Mussolini or whatever you, um, and then even modern people. Uh, and he, you know, he, he has guests on his show that he's able to kind of bounce off of. So it's a little less kind of, you know, just a complete monologue, you know, uh, but he is so well researched where he just kind of walks his producer and usually his guest kind of through the story of this, you know, person or whatever. But uh, he then decided to do this miniseries, you know, in the wake of George Floyd's death and obviously the racial reckoning that the whole entire country had to kind of look at uh, over the summer. And he wanted to do a deep dive on like how policing has, you know, not only changed over time, but looked remarkably similar to what it is now versus what it was, you know, when police started to exist. And it was just such a it was six episodes and he does it with a, uh, a rapper named uh, Propaganda. And so he basically just kind of goes through the story. Uh, propaganda kind of reacts to it, just being like, oh, wow, that's wild. And then, you know, kind of tells maybe a story or asks some follow-up questions. But it was just, to me, it was the most like informative dive that I've looked into in regards to just the history of the police and understanding how that all kind of, you know, transpires. Uh, but yeah, I just, I couldn't recommend it enough. And uh, anybody that is like, even just like tangentially interested in history will listen to it and just be like, Oh, wow. And like, you know, these episodes are maybe about an hour long. So it's not like you're going to be, you know, oh, cool, six episodes and 15 hours later, you know. So it's, yeah. uh, I highly encourage anybody that's, like I said, tangentially interested in history uh, or police and how they've, they've come up in our, in our country in particular. So yeah, I love that one. I'm definitely taking notes while we're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the point of these things, you know, it's like, I mean, and his show behind the bastards is really popular, you know, millions of downloads a month, but like it definitely hasn't broken through in a mainstream way. Like, you know, where other shows obviously like, you know, continually appear in the top 10 or 20. Mm -hmm. I think mostly because people are just like, Oh, bastards. Like, 
you know, yeah. oh, that sounds scary. It's like, well, no, like it's a perfect description of the show, but you know, some people might not check it out based on that. So, but I highly encourage that and specifically the behind the police series. Um, what's on your, uh, what, what's next on your list? Have you heard of the website bloody disgusting by chance? I have. Yeah. Okay. So this year they launched the bloody disgusting podcast. And for anyone who doesn't know, bloody disgusting is a horror website. They cover a lot of the horror movies that are coming out. They'll talk about horror TV shows, basically anything and everything horror related. You'll find it on this website and their podcast has three hosts. It's hosted by Megan Navarro, Zena Dixon, and John Grills, who does the creepy podcast. And they kind of go through and just talk about movies. They update you on what horror movies are coming to streaming services, which I find very helpful. It's kind of just like a weekly catch up on the horror news and what horror stuff we've been watching show. And I just really like those kinds of shows, especially when I don't have time to necessarily keep up with my RSS feed as much as I used to and read all of the articles about what's coming out and things like that. So this podcast is about an hour a week and it just sort of gives me that horror fix that I need to make sure I'm keeping up with those releases. That's cool. I, I do find that helpful as well when, especially if you, you know, are listening to like you mentioned that you do where you listen to a lot of pop culture stuff. Yeah. Sometimes those podcasts are more reactive where it's like, Hey, this thing came out and we watched it. And, you know, sometimes then you're left feeling flat footed and it's like, Oh, Oh damn. I didn't even know that hit. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah. And especially in horror where, you know, it's so bifurcated where it's like, yeah, Netflix puts out a ton of stuff. Obviously, Shutter puts out a ton of stuff. Right. And you're just like, where do I even? Oh, this one's streaming on the Criterion Collection. Like, oh, okay, I guess I'll, <laughs> I guess I'll watch it there. So yeah, I, I that, that's really cool. I didn't know that they did that. Yeah, it's relatively new. I want to say, you know, it had maybe seventeen, eighteen episodes in 2020. So I think it started over the summer. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, and I, I mean, horror is like a, a perfect. Um, podcast genre to do and i just love how creative people have gotten with it mm-hmm. whether it's like you know the halloween unmasked podcast that the ringer did last year oh, or like that. yeah or then they uh you know i want to say uh, a friend of mine runs a small production company called domino sound and they did like um scream queens i think okay. it was called that and basically it was focused on people of color in horror movies and just kind of like the different roles that they played and yeah it's just horror is such a you know you either like it or you don't (laughs) and that's to me that's perfect for podcasts where it's just like you either read the description and you're into it or like nah hard pass like i can't do this you know (laughs) yeah and i am definitely someone who loves horror i won't claim to be an expert i've mostly been watching stephen king stuff for my podcast so i'm just now starting to sort of go back and watch all of the halloween movies all of the friday the 13th movies chucky you know so on and so forth because there are so many major franchises that have so many movies. It's like I had seen the first ones of almost all of them. I still have the first Scream to watch, which I may or may not have watched, and I just might have blocked it from my memory. But it's one of those things where there's so much in the horror world once you dive into it that this podcast is just really helpful for sort of parsing out what is worth looking into and where you can find it. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's cool. 
the next show I'll mention is uh, called Wind of Change, which I know has appeared on a lot of people's year-end podcasts. And this is what I was alluding to earlier in regards to um, this was like a three-way production between Spotify, Crooked Media, and then I think Pineapple Street Media, okay. which is owned by a company called Intercom. This is like total like this couldn't get more nerdy. Me listing all this out, but um, <laughs> I love it. Wind of Change. Yeah, exactly. Wind of Change is a, a podcast that is done um, by this uh, New Yorker writer. Uh, I think his name is Patrick uh, Patrick Keefe. If not, yeah, I think so. Um, where he the logline of this show is what got me. Wind of Change is a song by uh, you know '80s hair metal band Scort the Scorpions. Um, and like you've, whether or not you know the song, you've undoubtedly heard it. It's just one of those songs that like exists in the, you know, the, the culture, the zeitgeist where, you know, you just hear it in a movie or whatever. And this dude heard a rumor that, uh, because the song is essential, it was released, you know, at the height of the cold war, um, you know, Berlin wall, like just so many things happening in the world as far as, um, you know, between communism and governments and, Anyways, this song uh, was, you know, basically a cheesy, you know, 80s hair metal ballad that was trying to, you know, bring the world together. Like just talking about a wind of change in the air and, you know, hold hands and, you know, take me to the you know, whatever. Like it, there's nothing that you'd listen to in the song that would be like, oh, yeah, like, you know, this is going to be like a, a cultural revolution uh, soundtrack. Right. But apparently... Um, the, this writer heard a rumor that this song was commissioned by the CIA, CIA to be, you know, part of like their psychic warfare campaign <laughs> against communism and like the fall of the Berlin Wall and all that stuff. So it's, I want to say it's an eight part series and the way that the story unfolds and like how, um, just how deep they go. Like, you know, basically the last episode is a, uh, you know, the writer travels over cause, uh, the Scorpions is a, a German band and they travel over there and, you know, they meet at, uh, or the writer meets with the lead singer of the Scorpions at like some random hotel. Okay. Like they just go so many different directions and, uh, it's just such a fun show. I mean, the show is like actually commissioned now to be a, you know, I think it's going to be a television show if I'm not mistaken, but, um, yeah, I highly recommend this cause it's really entertaining. You learn stuff that you're like, wow, I never thought I would care about the scorpions, but apparently I do now. So it's a fun show. <laughs> this is one of those kinds of podcasts that is very much up my alley, but because it was a Spotify ex exclusive, I just never got around to it. And obviously podcast exclusivity is something you and I could probably talk about for quite a long time, but we won't do yeah. that to everyone here. And, you know, I've heard that the podcast listening experience on the Spotify app isn't super fantastic. I do have it on my phone just because as someone who hosts podcasts and works on other podcasts, it feels like I should keep it and check it out every once in a while. So I might have to go back and find that one and listen to it because I did see it popping up a ton like on my Twitter feed and things like that. And it's just one I was like, do I want to, to do it? No, I, and well, and to, to be, uh, you don't, you can, this podcast is widely available. So oh, it's it not is? exclusive to Spotify. Yeah. I mean, it okay. is a Spotify production and you can, uh, they do have, I think two or three bonus episodes that are only available on Spotify. That Got was what it. I mentioned earlier where I was like, okay, I, because I love the show so much, I will listen to more content from that. Um, but uh, yeah, so you can listen to it anywhere. So you you just t type it into Overcast, and you'll be you'll be saved. 
thank you for correcting me on that. But there no, are okay. Spotify exclusive shows, so that's a whole there are. discussion. Yep. Exactly. And I, 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 like you don't listen to them unless they're available on overcast. <laughs> yeah. What's, uh, what's the, uh, next up on your list. So these next two picks are very different from my first three. <laughs> I love it. So technically this one was on the 99% invisible feed, but it was sort of its own five part documentary series called according to need. And it was tackling homelessness and they focused a lot on the Bay Area. And with it only being five episodes and the fact that the last one just came out within the last week of us recording this, you know, it came towards the end of the year, but it was something that was just so powerful in its message that I was like recommending it to people. And I normally don't overload people with podcast recommendations because, you know, I listen to so many different ones that that would be a very easy thing for me to do is just annoy people with recommendations. But I think it was a timely topic given how many people have been evicted lately and just showing how hard it is for some homeless people to find shelter or be able to afford to live somewhere. Yeah, no, I, I, that, that pot, I regularly listen in, well, regularly, like, you know, probably maybe one or two episodes a month of 99% Invisible because, yeah, Roman Mars is like one of just the coolest dudes ever and his podcast is amazing. But yeah, those, all those episodes I have downloaded, I just have yet to listen to it, but I've heard unbelievable things about it and I can't wait to listen to it. Yeah, I highly recommend that one. And like I said, it's very different from almost everything else I listen to, but I have really enjoyed 99% Invisible. It's kind of one of those podcasts where it's never really about the same thing the entire time. There is a lot of talk about architecture and things like that, but they'll do these random little dives into something else. And I just found it to be one of those podcasts that is very well produced and it catches your attention with the things they find to talk about. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a really... uh it, to me, it's kind of like the mission statement of podcasts where, you know, like y- you want to listen to learn something and like 99% Invisible could yep. not hit hit that nail more on the head. <laughs> exactly. And it's like the perfect kind of nerdiness that I love, whether it's, you know, pop culture, or just things that people clearly love in general. And you can tell that Roman Mars has a deep passion for the things that he talks about on this podcast. Yep, Absolutely. Uh, the next show I will mention is something that we spoke about, uh, previously, uh, or that you were going to, or you're halfway through checking out (laughs) where it's uh, a podcast called whistleblower, uh, which is produced by, um, a, a company that is mostly known for like true crime stuff, uh, called tenderfoot TV. Um, and I just, the the show was definitely, you know, made for anybody that likes basketball and, but the way but it's the way that they, and crime. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And like, but the way that they weaved it together where it was like, you know, very, you know, slick production and, uh, you know, some could argue overly produced, but the way that they did it felt so cool in regards to, you know, voice acting. Like they have Michael Imperioli from, you know, The Sopranos yep. as a voice. And, and just, you know, I mean, a, a log line on the show is, you know, the uh, NBA ref 
uh, scandal that happened in, I was at like late 90s, I want to say. Tim Donaghy uh, was the ref that was at the center of this where, you know, basically was accused of fixing games and, you know, <laughs> just the whole story behind that, which like I, as a basketball fan, I only had real topical knowledge of. I did not know all of the details that were shared in this show. Did you? Like from what you've listened to so far? It was something I had heard of, but I think it was like before my basketball watching time, <laughs> admittedly, sure. since, you know, I was born in the 90s. So it was something that I had kind of heard about in passing. The name sounded familiar, but this was another one that I saw it pop up numerous times. And I don't know if it was either you posting about it somewhere or just other basketball fans, because I follow a lot of basketball people since I love the Lakers, you know, and it caught my attention, but I just didn't have the time to devote the attention to it because this is one that you really want to sit down and not really be doing anything else when you listen to it. Yep. Oh, for sure. It definitely commands your attention and they do. Um, yeah, it's a 10 part series and I was, it's funny because like certain, especially like because we're nerdy and probably in the same way that people have opinions of record labels, Mm -hmm. like, you know, I have opinions of production houses and I'm like, Oh, okay, here we go. Another type of show of this like caliber, which is fine. Um, but when a show can subvert my own opinion where it's like, wow, like, you know, Victory Records did release a good record or whatever the case may be. Like recently, I should say, because I love Victory Records, old, old school. But um, yeah, so for for me to have my own personal baggage in regards to like, oh yeah, Tenderfoot, like, you know, all their shows are not, you know, exactly for me, but listening to it being like, oh, okay, you guys, you know, put your, your coat of paint on it, but we're able to tell the story in a way that, you know, got a person like me stoked on it. So yeah, I loved it. Yeah, because usually the true crime topics that Tenderfoot is tackling are much more gruesome than a basketball scandal. So you usually have sort of that really, really deep true crime element to a lot of their shows. And then with this one, it's like we said, sports meets crime. And so there's something a little different about this. And I don't listen to a ton of Tenderfoot stuff. I have listened to like Atlanta Monster and some of those podcasts that they have done previously, but I totally agree. Sometimes I'll see something from a certain company and I'm like, oh, okay, that's a thing I want to make note of to check out. And this, I didn't even really realize it was a Tenderfoot thing until I went into Overcast and I was like, Oh, okay. And then I was recently on the Cadence 13 website, just checking stuff out too. And I saw it and I was like, oh, okay. So partnership. Yeah, 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 we got this. And then I was listening to, I've listened to now the first four episodes. And then I think there's a bonus before I hit episode five or something like that. So that's roughly where I'm at in the story. And it's really well done. And I agree with you that sometimes Some shows can be a little overproduced, but you kind of look past it because the content itself is really good. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I totally agree. What's your, uh, what's your last pod you want to give a shout out to? I would not be a proper podcast nerd without listening to a podcast about podcasts. So this year I have really, really enjoyed Servant of Pod by Nick Kwa, who writes the Hot Pod newsletter. Yep. Very good show. He, he did, um. I know it was uh, because I know that you are a hot pot subscriber. Like 
his own ramp up to launching his own podcast was so funny because it was like, you know, so much hand wringing yeah. and like, am I going to be good at this thing? And like, it was just adorable to see a person, you know, kind of going through that publicly. Mm-hmm. And, but you know, he did a really good job and I agree with you. Yeah. And it's funny that you mentioned Halloween Unmasked because I just listened to the episode that actually dropped this morning. It was just a quick, like, 15 minute episode where him and Caroline Crampton, who also writes for Hot Pod with him, they discussed podcasts that they wish had a second season. And he brought up Halloween Unmasked. And I was like, yes, give us more podcasts like that one. <laughs> you know, so that's just funny that I happened to listen to that this morning and you happened to mention that specific show on this episode. <laughs> that's great. It's like a mind melding when we didn't even mean to do that. But yeah, they that yeah, it is a it is a great show. And I, I I really do like the diversity of guests that he's been able to bring on just from like all sides of different pieces of content, different points of view. And I think it's it does a good job, or he does a good job being able to, you know, paint a broader picture than, you know, just kind of like the biggest people in the podcast landscape, which I think is really cool that it he's able to do that. Oh, absolutely. It's one of those things where even if I hadn't heard of the podcast that the people he was talking to created, I'm just so interested in the process of making podcasts. And, you know, one of the things I didn't mention earlier was sort of the different types of podcasts that are out there because a lot of what I listen to is like what you and I are doing now, two or three people talking to each other. But I have checked out some other things in sort of the non in the fiction world because Mm -hmm. Marvel has been doing some and one they released this year was called Marvels, which is based on the comic book of the same name. And it wasn't necessarily one of my favorite things. Obviously it didn't make the top five here, but I think it's one worth mentioning just because it's more unique than what I typically listen to. And I don't know if you've had a chance to dive into all that much fiction stuff, but that's something that definitely commands your attention even more so than a true crime podcast. Because if you miss something, you're just like, what's happening in the story? Because they are telling you a fictional story. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I I definitely only mess around really. Yeah. I mean, I listen to like homecoming and yeah, fiction. I mean, I know that a lot of people are kind of really betting on that to be the next, you know, cool thing over the next year or two. I mean, a lot of fiction podcasts have obviously already existed now, but, you know, especially from the Hollywood Hollywood conversion of, you know, taking these podcasts that are essentially just cheap pilots and <laughs> turning them into a television show and stuff like that. So it's, uh, and maybe that's why I'm less apt to want to check them out because I feel like it's, a, it's just a vehicle to get something else done when I'm like, oh, yeah. you know, I'm just a, ner- a purist nerd when it comes to that. Yeah. And we've been seeing a lot more podcasts be adapted to television too. You know, Dirty John became a TV show and yep. it really feels like in the fiction and true crime world that can be the end game. Yep. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's what a lot of people are. It's like, well, you know, I know that we will lose money on this podcast, you know, just by the sheer production of it and paying people to, you know, be professional voice actors. But hopefully we can turn this into, you know, a million dollar TV show or whatever. Yeah. And Gimlet really seemed to be one of the first companies rolling the dice with that. Yep. Absolutely. For sure. 
the last show that I wanted to mention um, is a show called Rabbit Hole uh, that was produced by the New York Times. Okay. I uh, like <laughs> I I've never listened to like a podcast really more than once, let alone an entire series. Um, I've listened to this series probably two, th- three times now. Wow! And it's it's only maybe like uh, I want to say it's about eight episodes, and uh, it's uh, the reporter that uh, did the podcast is a guy named Kevin Roos, who um, you know is, is on the technology beat at the New York Times, but uh, this the aim of this podcast is that he wanted to kind of paint a portrait of what, um, you know, the internet looks like, how it can affect people. Um, not in like a reply all sense where it's like, you know, a lot of the times it's sort of lighthearted in nature. Um, this is really kind of trying to pull back the curtain in regards to, you know, like QAnon and, um, you know, the the YouTube scandal of PewDiePie and like all of these subjects that like you, are at least tangentially familiar with, but the way that he does it is so like unbelievable. Like the first two episodes are him talking to a person who, you know, gets radicalized in regards to, uh, you know, being a kind of left leaning more, you know, liberal person. And then kind of goes the uh, other side of the spectrum after getting, you know, YouTube videos recommended to him. And he just ends up consuming hours and hours and hours and hours of this content and then he kind of goes down the YouTube, again, rabbit hole <laughs> in regards to, um, you know, how uh, PewDiePie, you know, it was kind of involved in this, um, you know, like how his life had been, you know, affected not only because he's the most popular YouTuber of all time, but, uh, you know, a lot of racist things that happened around him. And anyways, the whole series is unbelievable. And they just, he's able to lay out the story uh, in a very contextual way and usher you along with, you know, some pretty slick production, but ultimately it's just, you know, really good interviews, really good quote unquote tape as they call it in the biz. (laughs) And, uh, but yeah, I just, I, I like you were talking about in regards to, you know, kind of yelling at people to listen to, uh, you know, a podcast you like, I was very much the same way where it was like, you know, texting friends like, dude, just listen to this. It's <laughs> just like, don't even ask me questions. Just listen to this. You know? I already downloaded the first episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great piece. Again, not, not only like journalism, but just highly entertaining and makes you, <clears throat> I, I like a, a show that obviously makes you take stock of what, how you interact with something, whether it's a piece of technology, whether it's like, you know, a product or whatever it is, when you, stop and take pause of your own life. That's when I think, you know, you've really hit on something important and the def- the, the show definitely did that for me. So way to go, way to go, New York times, way to put out good podcasts, yeah. <laughs> huge media giant. <laughs> uh, is there anything you want to mention in regards to, um, you know, one or two other shows that are, uh, you know, you think people should check out that might not be new this year in particular? Yeah, I actually have a couple that I think started this year. And I haven't listened to every single episode of this one in particular, but it's Pass Through Frequencies, which is ho- which is hosted by Jim Atkins of Jimmy Eat World. Yeah, such a good show. I've I've listened to most of the uh, like at least eighty percent of the episodes. He does a really good job. It's fun. Yeah, and I have been really enjoying how musicians are sort of handling quarantine because some you know, didn't really know what to do. And then there are 
others who kind of have these podcasts that they're doing or they're really going all in on Twitch and things like that. So to see him go into podcasting and be able to get these, you know, pretty big name guests, honestly, and then I've sort of just been slowly going through and listening to them because like I said, I'm not subscribed to 70 or 80 podcasts anymore. At least I try not to be. So some I'm not subscribed to because I don't want all of the episodes just sitting in overcast. And, (laughs) you know, William Ryan Key from Yellow Card started a Star Wars podcast called Thank the Maker, which I've been enjoying because it's something that he is clearly passionate about and he does it with Nick from Bayside and Adam from I believe it's story of the year. Cool. Yeah. I haven't checked that one out, but yeah, they are all big star Wars nerds. And like I said, I love it when people really love what they're talking about on their podcasts. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, hopefully their passion bleeds through and then obviously gets you excited about the thing that they're talking about. That's really cool. Yeah. And a bonus shout out to my friends, Jacob and Mike, who also do a star Wars podcast called Bantha fodder. They've had some, two hour plus episodes recently because theirs isn't a weekly one. They kind of just do it when they have star Wars stuff to talk about. And obviously with all of the announcements and Mandalorian, if you want even more star Wars content, those two are very good. Check, check that out. (laughs) Nice, nice, nice. Uh, yeah, I'll give shout outs to a few other uh, shows. Uh, Sway uh, by is hosted by Kara Swisher. Again, uh, you know, it feels like I'm working at the New York Times, but another production by the New York Times. She's just such a good interviewer and does such a good job on this show in particular. Uh, Gamblers, which is, uh, a, again, a Spotify ringer uh, production yeah. joint. That is so good. I, I don't like gambling, personally. I like playing blackjack and that's it. But these stories that they tell about people who are like, you know, betting on gin rummy and horse racing. And it's just like these sides of the world that you've never even considered and just like, oh, wow. Like, okay, you just traveled across the whole country, like showing up at pool halls and hustling people? Like, wow, okay. So that show is really fun. Um, Mobbed Up, which is a show that was done by the Las Vegas Review Journal. Uh, I I was born in Vegas, so like I'm a total homer to this, but it was basically the, the history of the mob in Las Vegas and you know, it's a subject that's been clearly covered before, but they, uh, the main kind of, you know, person that's interviewed in this show is literally a former gangster and mobster. And he like talks about, you know, so much stuff that you're like, Oh wow. Like I had as a person who, you know, like <laughs> enjoys the, uh, you know, uh, the, the seedy side of Las Vegas. I was like, I didn't know that. So that's a really, really cool show. And it's cool too, that it's produced by, you know, like the local paper of record. I just think that's really cool when you see, you know, journalists kind of rolling up their sleeves and being like, well, you know, our newspaper business isn't going that well. Let's try podcasts. <laughs> yeah, and that's the Vegas Review Journal, right? Yeah, the Las Vegas Review Journal. Yep, it's really cool. Uh, and the last show I'll give a shout out to, this is actually something I just started to listen to, um, is uh, Office Hours Live. It's with uh, Tim Heidecker, who is like the Tim and Eric show and just kind of, you yeah. know, a really prolific comedian. Uh Normally, like comedy podcasts to me, like I, you know, I listen to like WTF and like how did this get made and kind of, you know, I, I'm not much of a fan of comedy bang bang, even though I recognize how awesome that show is. Mm-hmm. But this show, like, <clears throat> it's essentially like a call in show where they have people like calling in on Zoom and then they have, you know, like uh, Tim does like interviews with people. Like he, <laughs> the last episode, he had like 
uh, you know, dude from Mastodon. And then he had one of his, you know, stand up comedian friends. And then um, it's just such a weird show, but it's so fun. <laughs> and so I got turned on to it by uh, my friend Riley, who plays uh, drums and thrice. And he, him and I have similar senses of humor. And so he was like, hey, check this out. And I, it's a YouTube show. Um, but they also just do a podcast on it as well. So that was a, that was a fun one, a a little bit lighter fare as it were. Yeah. You have given me so many podcasts to go listen to now. (laughs) Yeah. That's, that's, that's all we do together. (laughs) We just just recommend stuff and then start to get into other things. But, uh, yeah, well, thanks for, you know, sharing your shows and, and edifying the audience and hopefully people will like you find some of their new favorite podcasts because that's, uh, you know, that's the recommendation engine that we have. Just listening to other podcasts about podcasts. (laughs) Yeah, of course. This was really, really fun. I'm really glad you asked me on to do this because you and I both love podcasts and it's kind of funny to see how many people from like the music world have been making the switch into podcasts, especially within the last couple of years here. And not that I was ever really ingrained in the music industry, but that's like, what my intention was. And then it just went in a totally different direction. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And it's, it, it's cool to see, to be able to follow the through line where it's like, Oh, there's so many similarities between the music industry and the podcast industry. Yep. So yeah, it's, it's cool. So, well, thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> of course. Anytime you want to talk about podcasts, I am available. <laughs> that was that hopefully you found that list informative and will uh you know pick up a few shows because i know i definitely listened to a few shows that deanna recommended to me so uh yeah hopefully you do the same and uh next week we have hanif abdur which i'm totally butchering his last name but i i will make sure that i do it appropriately uh on the next episode But Hanif is uh, a really interesting dude, did one of my favorite podcasts of last year, even though I did not mention it in this, uh, you know, yearly wrap up uh, called Lost Notes. And he's also a writer, a poet, just a a man about town in regards to words. And I I find him an incredibly compelling compelling individual. And he has a history with uh, punk and hardcore. And I wanted to have him on. So that's what we're doing next week. It is a little bit left of center because, you know, this Hanif did not play in a band, but he definitely uh, has done a lot of cool stuff with music and words. So that's what we got next week. Until then, please be safe, everybody.